The scripture reading tonight is Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God of my right. You gave me room when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, you people, shall my honor suffer shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. When you are disturbed, do not sin. Ponder it in your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, oh, that we might see some good. Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. The word of the Lord. St. Augustine famously said, My heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. And I'd like to invite you for the next little bit to be restless. And if I had thought more carefully about that invitation, I might not have done it through an invitation to sing along with a toy piano but I am. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. Help me find rest. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. Help me find rest. Me, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that place of rest still waiting for the confidence of the psalmist, who seems so sure how this night's rest is going to go. It's a wonderful possibility to lie down and sleep in peace. The only problem, of course, is that not all nights are like that. No, not at all, and I suspect I suspect you know that well. It's not so much where the psalmist finds herself at the end of this psalm that is so surprising to me, but it's rather the compact way that she moves from disoriented lament to a sort of call for silence. And then, and only then, 
Is there anything that looks remotely close to peace and rest? The psalm begins with an imperative, answer me. This demand is followed by a threefold pattern of lament. How long, how long, how long, O God? Though it's not entirely clear who's being addressed here, the psalm only makes reference to you people, which strikes me as a fairly typical bifurcation of us versus them language, but for now that's beside the point. After this lament, there is this transition, Selah, the psalmist writes. That transition pivots on a claim concerning God's agency, which I find slightly curious, because thus far the complaint has been that God is not doing enough. The claim is this, that God has set apart the faithful for himself. God hears my prayer. And beyond this claim, it is even more difficult to discern who the psalmist is even talking to. The psalm continues, When you are disturbed, do not sin. Ponder it on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Despite what some commentators may say, this is not so much a call to piety, to righteousness, as it is practical wisdom. Do not sin is a way of saying that in the midst of your restlessness, this is no time for you to emphasize the patterns of your life that emphasize your separateness from God. It is a time to be still, to be silent. When there are no more words for your restlessness, offer a sacrifice, a symbolic ritual, an embodied action. That way you might still express to God which cannot be contained in language. The psalm does end with thanksgiving, so perhaps the psalmist is confident. When she speaks of lying down in peace, however, there is another possibility. It may be more complicated than that. Perhaps the psalmist isn't all that confident at all. But perhaps she returned to the first-person voice as a way of confessing self-doubt in the face of her own conflicting beliefs. From beginning to end, the conflict of speaking up and silence is palpable. But what I find most curious is what the psalmist says about this conflict. When speaking directly to God towards the beginning, the psalmist claims, you gave me space when I was in distress. God provides room for our restlessness. God grants us room for freedom before hori wider horizons come into view. Space for working out our own insecurities. Here in this space, this space for voicing doubt amidst conflicting beliefs, there is an invitation to begin to trust the rhythms of your own becoming, 
to practice divine patience with yourself, to practice the restlessness which God has for you. It is strange to be here in this space God has created for us. It is as if the mystery never leaves us alone, but behind your image, behind your words, above your thoughts, the silence of another world awaits. The world lives within you, and no one else can bring you news from this inner world. But I think that we may be living in times where we don't have very many vehicles to get there or to bring us back if we find ourselves there. If there is anything, anything at all, in our culture, our Americanized way of life, if there's anything that it has to offer us in this regard, it's this. There is a patience that might be learned from the emptiness created by an ever-present obsession with progress. My heart is restless until it finds its rest in you, not until it finds its rest in an American dream. Prayer may very well be thought of, then, as a visit to that inner sanctuary, that inner sanctuary where nothing can touch you, to visit that place inside of you where time has not worn you out, a place, a place where you have not yet been wounded. This is a place to rest sure in the knowledge that your identity is not the same as your biography. It is a place also where you can be sure that your restlessness is mirrored in divine urgency. God's heart, too, will not rest until it finds its rest in you, until God is finally reconciled to all of God's creation. Perhaps it would be easier to visit these places if we had a pedagogy of interiority, but it's difficult to go somewhere that you've not been before, and sadly it seems the church has not created the kind of space God creates for restlessness. All too often we respond to one another's restlessness, whether deep or shallow, as a mere opportunity for deflection. This too shall pass, we say, rather than receiving one another's longing as divine longing. This seems to be less than hoped for, since there is an intimacy at the heart of Christianity that stands in stark opposition to the false loneliness that hides behind the superficial hi, how are you? This heart of Christianity exposes the unpleasant reality that there is a symmetry between how you approach yourself inwardly and how you approach the other outwardly. What if we, the church, created space for restlessness, for risking the journey inward by creating more beauty? What if beauty was not thought to be a luxury because the church had worked so diligently to show the world that it matters desperately if when you wake in the morning 
your imagination notices or not that the landscape around you, that the world around you is more alive than you are. Beauty is able to sustain life in the midst of things we otherwise would not be able to handle. God has given us space to create something. And I pray we create more beautiful things. Till it finds its rest in you. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. My heart is restless till it finds its rest in you. Help me find Blessed be the longing that brought you here and quickens your soul with wonder. May you have the courage to listen to the voice of desire that disturbs you when you have settled for something safe. May you have the wisdom to enter generously into your own unease, to discover the new direction your longing wants to take you. May the forms of your belonging in love creativity, and friendship be equal to the grandeur and to the call of your soul. May the one you long for long for you. May your dreams gradually reveal the destination of your desire. May a secret providence guide your thought and nurture your feeling. May your mind inhabit your life with the sureness with which your body inhabits the world. May your heart never be haunted by ghost structures of old damage. May you come to accept your longing as divine urgency. May you know the urgency with which God longs for you. There are many that say, oh, that we might see some good. You have put more restlessness in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Come now, the restless body of Christ longs for you. <laughs> 